chapter 22, in which an elf tells a story. We ate a feast that night. Entering the room, we were greeted by a plate full of warm, strangely shaped pastries, filled with crushed mushrooms, richer than anything I'd ever eaten before. Next, the elf served us a parsnip and potato soup that warmed my toes, my fingers and my soul. And last but not least, we ate an apple pie so delicious that I lost count of how many portions Handel ate. As he finished one of his many helpings, my mother addressed the elf. Thank you most sincerely for your incredible kindness, but may I ask you a question? The elf nodded evenly. Why are you doing this? May I suggest, the elf spoke slowly, that it may be easier for me to tell you a story, and then I give you my word, I will answer any questions you may have that are mine to answer. It was my mother's turn to slowly nod. Long ago, before I was separate, I was sent by the Council of the High Elves. There was concern regarding the rumours coming out of Rouraud, rumours of dark sciences that could split the sky and split the earth. Naturally, like many elves, I couldn't believe that goblins could wield a power like that, and dismissed it as little more than rumour, but as the dutiful being that I was, I travelled there. The elf fixed its eyes on me. I saw you there crawling over your father in a park. I was amazed I'd never seen somewhere so beautiful. It's something we elves could never have built. I don't know whether you've seen an elven city. White marble, all white marble, all the same, all uniform. There's no grit in an elven city, no character. So imagine how impressed I was by your Rouraud, built on stones, thousands and thousands of stones, and cobbled roads. The elf smiled for a moment, pausing before continuing. What a dream they were. The idea that a road doesn't have to be perfectly level. How magical that was. I must confess that the thought had crossed my mind many times to simply live there in Rouraud, among the goblins. But I was still aware that I was there for a reason. I found Lair easily enough and followed him. I followed him to the park with both of you. I followed him to the inn. I followed him back from the inn and watched him throw you into the night air. The elf smiled again but I could never see what he was doing. In the end, I waited until he was in the inn one night. I enchanted all of the clientele and brought him drink after drink. He was proud in the end of what he'd built. It's going to change the world, he said. Us goblins be free to choose our own paths. Fantastic, I said to him somewhat sincerely. Don't forget at this point I was quite the admirer of Rouraud. How will you do it? I asked him. Here our host paused, breathing deeply, and closed her eyes. And your lair, your father, offered to show me. We left the tavern and walked away. I won't say where to, that knowledge is still too dangerous, but I followed him, and he showed me, and he was quite right. He certainly would have changed the world. Goblins would have been free to choose their own paths. The world would have been free to choose its path. But one path of destruction is much like any other and Rouraud would have been at the centre point of an empty world if I hadn't stopped him. You stopped him? I cried in surprise. How? What did you do? The elf looked down at the table. I returned to the Council of the High Elves and reported what I had seen. It is rare, by the way, that the Council of the High Elves reach a unanimous decision, but they did on this. Your father was to be taken care of. They, they wanted him killed. But all I could see was this goblin throwing his child into the sky, 
and catching his child, I saw the passion of the goblin who'd spoken to me about saving his town. I begged them that they reconsider. I couldn't let such a being be killed. Think of all he could achieve, I said to them. Exile him, send him to Navarsan, I said. Anything, but do not kill this being. In the end, I convinced them. They agreed, not unanimously this time, that I should take your father from Rouro. We moved at night and we moved as one. Well, you know what happened? The elf paused again, still looking down at the table. We took him. We came and we took him. We took him from your home. I'm sorry. I realised then why I had recognised this elf's voice. It was from all those years ago. I wanted to shout, to throw myself at the elf, to cry, to disappear, to burst into flame. I didn't dare to look at my mother, afraid as I was that if I saw her I would start to weep. Suddenly, I felt Handelm's heavy hand on my shoulder and was warmed by his presence. Don't worry, little goblin, he whispered gruffly. We're close now. The elf, though, was not yet finished in telling its story. I took him, bound and chained, through the mines. He fought me there in one of the caves. I don't know how he freed himself of those chains, but he managed it. There was wave after wave of water. It seemed to crash around us. I thought then about what Havfru had said about two sorcerers dueling one another in a cave, and her being trapped in that cave for years, and felt an unexpected pang of sympathy for her. He jumped in, the end, your father, and I had no choice but to follow. A strange decision to make, I thought at the time, for a goblin who couldn't swim to jump into the sea. I pulled him half drowned from the sea and chained him back up before he had a chance to fight again. I told him, of course, why I'd taken him. I don't know if he believed that I'd first been ordered to kill him, but he didn't try to escape again. Under the stars we walked along the lake. In silence we walked all the way to Harfen, and he wouldn't say a word to me. The elf paused. We came up the Schwer, and I took him to Navarsen, but... The elf paused again, seemingly unable to go on. I looked from the elf to my mother, her face a frozen mask of intensity, staring at the elf. I looked to Handown, who was sat uncomfortably in his chair. He looked as though he'd rather be anywhere else. I looked to Manka. She, at least, looked completely indifferent to the enchantments of the elf's narrative. She sat drinking goblet after goblet of wine. I couldn't believe how she could care so little about what had happened to my father. I wanted to say something, anything, but I couldn't find the words. It seemed no one could find the words they wanted right then, and we sat in silence at the table until finally Manka broke the silence. She spoke in a different voice to usual. The calm melody was entirely absent, replaced by an unengaged slur. You know what's at Navazan, Sharon? My mother shook her head. Magic, Manka hiccuped. They thought they'd lock Lair up in the most charged place in the world. She snapped at the elf. Didn't you? Tell her. Confess your sins. The elf blinked slowly before turning its eyes on my mother. We thought it was safe. We didn't think anyone could tame Navarsen. No one has before. We can't. Elves, that is. Elves have never been able to tame Navarsen. How could we know that a goblin would be able to? Less alive, whispered my mother. He's alive. He's... The elf looked back down at the table. Changed. Changed? 
Changed how? The elf seemed unwilling to answer. You promised you would answer any questions we had, I cried out in frustration. The elf turned to look at me. I promised that I would answer any questions you had that were mine to answer. He's different. It will be clearer when you see him. Now, you all need rest. And with that, the elf stood abruptly and walked quickly to the door. Wait! I shouted suddenly. The elf turned and looked at me. Yes? What's your name? My name is Hinweisgeber, but you can call me Hinweis. And with that, the elf turned again and left the room. With our host gone, we all retired to our rooms shortly after.